be the very best, <laughs> like Zuckerberg once was. To build apps is my real test. To ship them is my cause. I will travel across the net, watch videos and cry. Each library to understand the power that's inside. Tools day, gotta... Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we should bleed that out. <laughs> I had a whole verse here. <laughs> Let me continue. Um... <laughs> I'm just gonna keep going. Alright, it's fine. Tools day, gonna learn it all to end me. <laughs> Some techniques are temporary. Tools day, oh, we're internet friends, trying to keep up with the trends. Tools day, it's all so true. But somehow we will pull through. You teach me and I'll teach you. <laughs> Tools day. <laughs> Gotta learn it. Oh, <laughs> so this, it. Have we landed this plane or what's happening here? You know the words. That was in honor of Pokemon Go. Uh, which everyone is obsessed with. I walked into IBM on yesterday, uh, which is the second day of the launch. and What? You walked into your workplace? It was kind no of strange. Way. I know. Yuna here works in you know Portugal half the time, so it's not the same I'm for back. her. Um, but I walked into my, my workplace and everyone was just heads down. Like, oh, the servers are down. Somebody send help. I was really mad at the game because the first time I tried to use it, the servers were down. And then I took like an hour-long walk trying to catch Pokemon. Little did I know that my area just didn't have much Pokemon in it. I thought like, oh, this is just the game. Um, until I went downtown where there was tons. Yeah, IBM has two Poke Centers, a Pokemon Gym. And they're right now the 7th and 8th floor of IBM have split into two different teams. And are warring for what? control of this gym. It's kind of amazing, actually. Yeah. I'm going to stop by IBM <laughs> to use the Poke Gym. <laughs> um, anyways. Oh, oh, right. I forgot about the intro. Uh. Hi, welcome to Tools Day, <laughs> a 20 minute podcast about tech tools, tips, and tricks on Tuesdays at 2. I'm your co host, Yuna. And I'm Chris. And today we're talking about CSS, CSS Pattern Word. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I messed that up. <laughs> okay, so we kind of had this conversation beforehand. This is the problem. Whenever we record, we always start talking about, like, oh, how's life? How's, like, what are you working on? And we end up, like, having half this episode, just yeah. casual conversation. Um, we're trying to figure out what this episode is. I think that CSS frameworks are a little different than pattern libraries. And I think they're more or less the same. <laughs> um, I think that they're similar. They're definitely similar. Design systems, pattern libraries, CSS frameworks, there are nuances to them. Um, right. But I specifically want to talk about frameworks, so systems yep. that people may know, may have used in their own apps. Yep, and we have kind of talked about this before, but it was about six months ago, and I feel like our opinions have changed maybe or evolved and it's just kind of a great thing to revisit because it's such a big thing in so many big companies where you have fully dedicated teams uh, around building these systems. Right. I think this is really new about two years ago and now it's something that you're seeing as just a core tenant of large companies. You need to build your design system. Right. Um, so yeah, the last time of the show was I don't know, six to eight months ago. It's a while. A long time ago. Um, yeah, I've definitely grown in my experience because now I've worked on another pattern library at DigitalOcean. It's called yep. Float. Get it? Because CSS and also Sammy, the the, the, the shark thing. Floats. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, I, and I just took control of the system at Bluemix. So. Which I was working on when I was there. Yeah. So lots of cool things. Yeah. I worked on the Watson pattern library as well back in my day. Um, yeah, I feel like I need to write a post like three years on pattern libraries. 
<laughs> I'm probably going to do that. Next week. Um, probably tonight. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so somebody recently brought up to me uh, tachyons. Tachyons, or ta- I think that's how you pronounce it. Tachyons. Um, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> it's it's one of the newest design systems that I've seen. Yep. At, not a design system. I guess it's a framework. See, it's a spra- Aha! It's a framework. You are confused, too. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> this is the image of frameworks. Um, anyway, does it matter? We're all, it's just code. Okay. <laughs> Who really cares? <laughs> so, um, Tachyons is really class-based. Yeah. You basically download things in modules. It's very modular. And it's built all around NPM. So they're using PostCSS to build it. Um, just like using through NPM, anything you want to install, such as border radius, you have to NPM install it as a part of your package. So I, I like that about it. Um, everything is very individualized. It's definitely like the biggest pro for me of Tachyons. But then you get these classes that are just like... Um, here I have an example pulled up of font sizes. You have t- 11 different font sizes just for like font weights. Um, pulled in so there it's very much a system like you have to memorize mm. how to access these items like font weight bold font like dot fw9 oh means goodness. font weight 900 so you're as you can imagine you're yeah. gonna have a ton of classes just to style any individual element i feel like that there's this ever-present war between do i toss all my logic and my and my styling into various classes and then uh, make my HTML bloated, or do I, or not bloated, or more extensive, or do I put that into one class, like my CSS or SAS or post CSS, um, more complicated. Right. Um, for me, I previously have erred more on the side of let me make smaller or larger classes and then have a lighter HTML footprint so you had one or two classes to generate your style. Uh, lately, I have been trending more towards tachyon style, where you have more of these um, object-oriented class name structure, where you every class has a very specific function, and you assemble the classes to b- build a composed UI. For me, I think tachyon goes a little bit too far, uh, because it gets to the realm of unusable. Um, and to me, there's a fine line, there's a fine balance between class itis and I guess terse classes so right no um Um, i completely agree with you i hate that we agree on this but it's one of those things we talked about beforehand we're like yeah me too um so yeah no i i agree i used to very much be like okay single class in your html i still very much believe that you should use a single class per element right um and keep your html really slim and then your css is where you put your styling it is your cascading style sheet right um but here what they do is I'm looking at border. There's like border base. There's right. BA, class BA means border yeah. all. There's BR, which means border right. right. BB is border bottom. So any element, you could just style directly in your HTML. The right. benefits of that is you know what it looks like visually. Yeah. And if you're using a library like React, you don't have to worry about messing your CSS up in your um, JavaScript or HTML, your right. JSX. Yeah, and so those I kind of view as utility classes now. And so I actually kind of like those specific type of things that say, you know, here's have a have a border, have extra padding on the top, like two padding or something like that. This is not so the, a the, utility that's class. That's not this quite utility. Border. We're that's talking about font weights and borders. Yeah, so I don't know. It's, it's a tough choice for me. We'll because, get into utilities right, later. All right, all right, but um, I just want go to go ahead. through these, yeah. these five systems all right, first. All right, all right. Um, okay, so Tachyons provides a lot of functionality. Pros, would you agree, is the modularity? Yep, it's modular. You can just pick what you need and build the UI you want. Um, the and cons are just so long. 
Cons are, yeah, you have to assemble a lot of classes together to it's build. It's assembling. Yeah. Each of these classes is a Lego block. Yeah. Right? Um, so, I don't know. It's a really cool, unique system. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people have thought about building something like this, but never committed it all this the way. This is extreme. Like, I mean, I'm not saying it's extreme. It's extreme. <laughs> Radical growth. <laughs> um, it's just, it's taking the idea of object-oriented CSS, which is breaking up your um, CSS per um, feature. Like yeah, per, per function, basically. Per function, yeah. yeah. And um, saying that every single property, almost every property, there are modules in here. Yeah. Um, it is something that you can compose, but it's very individualized. So pros and cons. Tachyons is like, eh. Yeah, so it's, it's modular and lets you build modular UI. Yeah. Uh, the next one I want to talk about is Bootstrap. The famous Bootstrap. People give Bootstrap a lot of like negativity. I love Bootstrap. You Oh. <laughs> I've, I've always said I love Bootstrap. I, um, I'm really, really coming around to it. I think it has done so much for the dev community that I, people don't realize. Yeah, I feel like what Bootstrap did for developers is that they made okay looking UI easily accessible. I think people, especially front-end developers yes. and designers, kind of take for granted their knowledge and expertise in this field and how to assemble nice looking things. And there are so many people who just don't have the eye for that. And what Bootstrap did was that it allowed these people to build these websites that were functional and looked Pretty, pretty all right. Usable, they were usable. usable right? Yeah, they had and good UI. They had, they had good UI, and um, they were responsive, and they it was easy to use. And so, uh, for me, I've actually learned a lot from Bootstrap and its ease of use to use, I guess, because one thing I've learned as I've been working on this design system for the last six months or so, and I just took charge of it about a month ago, um, is that ease of use is so directly correlated to Usability. Usability. Usage, Use, yeah, usage, yeah. right? And so um, on Bluemix, we have, I think, 120 different services inside the catalog, and they all are mandated to use the, the Kamal library, but you can never mandate something for 120 different dev teams. And um, I think a direct reason why so many of them have been using the, the library is that we've been trying so hard to make it easy to use, and so that um, it's not too onerous of a, a knowledge gap to, like, memorize 10,000 different classes, but it does allow some flexibility. So right. Bootstrap for me was a... I mean, Bootstrap to me... There are a lot of people who use Bootstrap wrong, which gives it its bad name, but I think it was a great first stab at making usable frameworks. It's also come a long way. Agreed. Um, yeah. I recently saw a video, my recently naming last night. Um, <laughs> Dreamweaver is still a thing. Is it really? Yeah. And Dreamweaver is now including Bootstrap natively, like within... The build system. I did not realize that. Yeah, the thing. new Dreamweaver. It has a multi cursor. It's like basically Sublime with Emmet and SAS built in. Oh. Um, but it kind of goes to show how much how big of a deal Bootstrap really is. Yeah. And it's, it's also gotten a lot better since probably you started using it. And I started using it. Yeah. Or like last time I used it. Um, it's SASized now. Oh yeah, Bootstrap Four is now fully SAS. Yeah. There's um. there's a lot of variable options to it. Um, it's broken up in. Um, function, so primary, secondary, uh, success, danger, warning, and so that way it makes it easy to theme those things, Yep. Um, which is another great practice for creating your pattern libraries if you're going to be doing that. Um, so there's a glyph system, there's JavaScript, it's really in holistic. involved, yes, yeah. it's holistic. Yeah. Um, so Bootstrap is a whole system. It's it's not just a CSS framework. It's yeah, like, yeah, it's a design system or yeah. a panel library. <laughs> it's not a panel library. Okay, it's a... It's a framework. It's a framework. It's All right, fine. Framework. Let's do just a framework. Um, 
So I think that's why people don't like to use it all the time because it's yeah. usually overkill for right. the projects. Yeah, I think if you are a dev thinking about how do I build my site, you can definitely look at Bootstrap and look at its SaaS partials and say, okay, what do I actually need from Bootstrap? Yes, exactly. And just grab what you need and leave the rest. And that thereby you'll avoid this Bootstrap-looking website. Because yeah, the big dog is that Bootstrap made it easy to build websites, but now they all look the same, right? And so right. you've lost the uniqueness and the variety of the web. And if you as a dev just can say, okay, I'll just take what I need, maybe the grid system, maybe this form or styling and then build your own variations of it i think you can make a, a good looking site but I, easier i agree with you and i will say yeah because i've been trolling the bootstrap website 20 minutes before we started with this recording um they do have a gallery of beautiful sites created on bootstrap that you would never guess oh is there a what's your what's your hot take what's your what's your favorite one um <laughs> i i lost the link oh no, <laughs> oh, no. Um, they're, they're honestly really pretty. Yeah. Um, a lot of companies use Bootstrap and you wouldn't really know unless you dug into the code. I'm looking at Vogue here. Uh, oh, Riot. Vogue? Really? Yeah. Um, explore the expo. Expo.getbootstrap.com. Hey, yo. There's a portfolio here. And I think it's sad, but I know that there are a lot of, there have been times when people have reviewed portfolios yeah. to hire candidates and they would just throw them out if they use Bootstrap. Yeah. And I think that those days are sort of coming to a close because yeah. the whole like Bootstrap posh <laughs> class of people like, oh, I would never <laughs> oh, use Bootstrap. bootstrap. <laughs> I think they're really understanding that it's not, it's... It's a tool, right? It's a tool right? and it's a and good tool. Yeah, and it's how you use the tool. And so sometimes people use the hammer to build terrible, terrible, you know, bird cages or something. This analogy went way south. <laughs> that, that didn't work at all. <laughs> um, okay. All right, let's so move let's, on. Bootstrap is very large and um, there's a very small framework called Pure. Ooh, is this um, the Yahoo one? I Yahoo. have no idea. Okay, yes, so. it is Yahoo. Yeah. Yahoo APIs. Um, yui.yahooapis.com. Yeah, so it was, this was known as YUI back in the day. And now um, it is rebranded. Yeah, I think... That's good, because YUI didn't have a good rep. Yeah, no, it didn't. They, like, it was a little YUI, yeah. Yeah, but all, like, it has a very big, um, a very big push about how small it is. Yeah. So, Tachyons also has a big push about, we're tiny. Tachyons, like, 7, kilo, 7.8 kilobytes minified and gzipped. Wow. Uh, Pure is 4. Hey, yo. So that's better. I don't know what size Bootstrap is. You know, Bootstrap might even beat them all. Who who knows? Um, uh, un unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably not because it has JS and all those things. Yeah. Um, Pure is only CSS, so it comes with base styles, grids, forms, buttons, etc. Um, what is your opinion about grids? What do, what does Do use do for grids? Do you have a grid system over there? We use Flexbox for everything. Yeah, same. Okay. So one of the biggest problems I've come to face when it comes to creating design systems is you can make a grid um you can make like a block a block grid right so yeah. you have like a set of icons that are always going to be in a block grid so we have block grid um like four by two by etc yeah and then we have the responsive things built into our classes yeah so we have like block grid like four and then we have block grid four um like three when yeah. it's extra large and then it'll like change sizes yeah um the one thing that you can't really do is layouts. Yeah. Because people, like designers will always create different layouts. Yeah. I guess you can create section styles. Yeah. But I've always had trouble creating like, here's the page layout and like, 
I don't know. I don't even think that you should be uh, dictating what layouts look like. Yeah. So what we like, we get asked this question all the time. Hey, what's what about your grid system? You know, we we use a grid with Bootstrap. We use a grid with Foundation. We use a grid with YUI um, or now Pure. Where's yours? I'm like, we don't have one because just use Flexbox. And uh, I think what we do is that we make all our elements take up 100% of the container. And then it's up to anybody else to say, all right, we want the container to be X, X size. And for us, I think that's been a better, better system. Well, I will say that um, in terms of Flexbox, we have Flex Utility classes. Okay. So we do have classes that... Um, basically affect what flex properties are going to be applied to the elements. Yeah. Um, so it's not just like free for all flex box. It is a certain set property that you can apply. Okay. And the block grid, um, again, like that you can specify the gutters within mm, it. It's not yeah. just yeah. any size. It's like we have a, a like small, medium, large that right. we continuously use. And that's based on the font size. Yeah. Um, so it really stretches out throughout the rest of our elements. So there's that. Um, then there's a, a collapse modifier for if you want that's yeah to go away in a certain size. Um, so grid systems, I think, can be done. It's the layout part of it that I right. think is difficult to yeah. account for. Um, yeah. So pure, I think, uses a single element, like a single class type thing. Well, no, they don't. They have like button small, pure button, pure button, button large. I remember when I first looked I've at YUI. I've never used this. I'm looking I, at this I, I had, you looked at YUI back in the day, and they had some of the more inane. So this actually, YUI actually formed my early opinions about class, classes versus um, adding the, uh, the syntax, the, adding this out into a single class, because YUI initially had a whole bunch of different classes named, you know, dot YUI dash something, and it was a bunch of really small, terse class names. And you would assemble a bunch of them to create that's, a UI. That's very similar to object-oriented CSS. Right. And so when I first saw that, this was back in like six or five years ago, and I was not as good at what I do now, but um, I, I hated it. And so I, that formed a lot of my opinions for a while. Um, but you know, now I'm like, okay, there's a happy medium. Yeah. Um, okay. So anyway, pure, small, I don't know. I haven't really used it. Pure <laughs> is probably similar to the size of your pattern libraries. If you're working on a smaller team or yeah. getting started with one, it's a good example of these are the base components that you'll need. Right. Um, and I guess my advice for that is start with your smallest base components and yeah. then build larger components. Yep. Um, that compose them. Composable UI. Compose. That's a good compose. word. Yeah. Look at me. Know my vocabulary. <laughs> um, all right. So foundation six. Wow. Six. I, I remember this like Foundation 4 yeah. or 3 even. Uh, foundation for me was my first big hmm. um, love because they were SAS while uh, Bootstrap was less. I remember and I went so... to a Foundation workshop at the first SAS comp. Oh. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, and so I was like, oh, you know what? Bootstrap's fine, but Foundation is SAS. They use Flexbox. People like Foundation Ooh. because it wasn't Bootstrap. Yeah, it was kind of like, it was kind of my <laughs> anti-hipster thing. I was like, oh, yeah. You know? I gotta say, all these websites use the exact same typefaces. They do. They re like. <laughs> I think Pure and Foundation right now are literally using the same type styles for their titles. Look at this. Wow, uh, the both these light. No, they're the uh, same fonts. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. They're um, all Proxima Nova, really. And and so is Bootstrap. Uh, Bootstrap. I, this is totally off topic. <laughs> um, Tacans is different. Yeah. Anyway. Let's keep talking about Foundation. <laughs> uh, honestly, I haven't looked at Foundation for a while. Foundation for me was 
such a formative thing because when they were pushing the SAS versus less, they were pushing these mix-in based systems. And so um, I think they were one of the first frameworks to really push that kind of modularity in your code base. Um, and then Bootstrap kind of adopted it with Bootstrap 3. So back when it was just Bootstrap 2, Foundation was really far ahead because the, their grid system was flexible. It was, um, it was just this mind-blowingly forward-thinking uh, framework. At this point, I think Bootstrap 4 is caught, Bootstrap 3 definitely caught up, and Bootstrap 4 has kind of pushed the boundaries a little farther ahead. Uh, and I haven't looked at Foundation for years at this point. Yeah, I haven't looked really. <laughs> I mean, I've looked at them. Yeah, sorry, I've looked at it, but I've not. I've not used. I've right, not used exactly. Foundation recently. Um, speaking of templates, Foundation actually provides HTML templates. Okay. For your layouts, so that's interesting. Because it, it provides you like with site yeah, layouts. So um, we give examples of that too in our system now. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been developing it over the last little bit just to give people a head start on how to do layout. Uh, especially because we don't give a grid system. It's like, hey, if you yeah, don't want a grid. Yeah, Foundation has a grid system. Yeah, Foundation has a great grid system. I think grid systems are just fading out. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I feel like it's this common, it, it's this you know, pull and tug because grid systems make it, again, easy for people who aren't front-end developers to build UI, right? Well, I... Um, I kind of. Go ahead. I think grid systems, a lot of the argument for them was that they were something you had to use because you couldn't use Flexbox. That's fair. And they would... Um, it was hard to build columns back in the day. Before you right. had, like, Flexbox, you know, you'd float, 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 clear the float. Um, it, was yeah. like a, it was a pain. And so, especially with IE, even like IE9 when people were developing for that, not too long ago, you needed to be able to get things down to a float in a way that was, you know, usable. Right. Um, so that, I think that's a big reason why these grid systems really proliferated. Yeah. Um, wow, that was another good word. <laughs> Look at you. You're one trip to Europe. You're like, ah. Oh, oh. <laughs> in a country that did not speak English Okay, yet. well, never mind then. They did speak English. Oh. Well, but, you know. Never mind, never mind. <laughs> um... Yeah, so that's Foundation. I check it out. For me, Foundation was such a... They have a lot of great ideas. And 60 although, kilobytes, if you're wondering at the size. But they do talk about accessibility and all that fun stuff. They talk yeah. about... They have an animation. Um, so that's nice. But yeah, it's just another big name. Yeah. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about is, other than Float and or the Blue Mix Design System, which we're working on, is um, by Salesforce. And Salesforce has Lightning Design System. So um, I was at a conference a few days... Not a few days... Two months ago, I guess. yeah, two months ago. You know, just goes to conferences like every other day. It's like, oh, which conference was this? Was it yesterday? Was it the day before? Um, Who knows these days, really? So Gina Bolton was talking about the lane design system, and it was really cool. I was really impressed by it. Um, I walked in sort of like halfway through the talk, but we're doing a bunch of conferences together this year, so I'm gonna see it again. I like need to see it from the top, but it's a really robust design system created on an enterprise level, like talking. Talking about um, style guides at scale, um, Salesforce is the group, the company that organized the style guide conference okay. that was a little while ago. Um, was it Clarity Conference? I don't remember. I'm not. It was. It was an SF. Um, I don't know. It, was, it seemed like a really cool thing. I, I, how did I not hear about this? I remember we were thinking like when I was working at IBM, like, oh, we need to go. It's a conference about design systems. Um, yeah, and that was end of March. Oh, okay. Of this year. But yeah, they have this really robust system that not just works on the web, but also they've ported it out to iOS and Android. Wow. Like the same components, the same like core. It was really cool. Um, let's talk about it. But yeah, they have a bunch of things, motion, localization, 
Um, gotta have the guidelines. Everyone's gotta have the guidelines. Um, they have these. <laughs> they're, they're, we are working on guidelines right now for motion in um, the design system, and uh, it's kind of funny listening to our designers and our motion guys talk about. How do we name this motion? Is it natural? Is it organic? Is it fluid? I'm like, I don't know what these words mean to me. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So, uh, but yeah, go ahead. Um, What I really like about this is also on each component, they have a dev state. Hmm. So if it's like stable, et cetera. And it also reminds me of um, the FT, a London-based company, has a really cool design system where it's also very component-based. It's mostly like core functionality, like JavaScript. Um, HTML and CSS is sort of like a secondary to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also have versioned history and mm. like future and what the, the current state is. And it's really cool like what people are doing with these design systems. Yeah. Slash framework. Framework. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, laying design system, I feel like I need to dig in a little bit more too because it's so, it's, it's impressive how much they have accomplished. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I was. I was uh, somebody referred me to the system and how they integrated into the product. I don't remember what they were saying about it though. There was I just remember this whole system of like a, this build process of how just with like one task you can port yeah. the system out to all the different right yeah um, languages they right. use. So that was really cool. Um, yeah, so... Okay, that was five. That we, was ca- five. we kind of talked about seven, because we talked yeah. about Float a little bit, and, and the Bluemix design, design system. We need to make a better name for our design system. <laughs> we did, We have this intro name, which is wildly inappropriate, which we won't mention. But, <laughs> Don't uh, mention it. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, now I kind of want to talk about advice for both using and... Building design systems. Using and consuming... Oh, wait. I would say that we have a, a little bit of experience. A little bit. <laughs> doing both. Um, so kind of like what you were saying earlier, you're now taking a more hybrid approach to single class versus multi-class. Right. Yeah. And so one thing, um, one thing we found that we now prioritize when we think about creating components is how does this scale and how is this used? And, um, one thing that, one thing is key for everyone creating a design system is to use it in a product somewhere. Like you yourself, as you write it. Go make an app with it. I don't trust you if you're building the component and you haven't actually built a page with your components. Right. And so, which happens so much. Which happens so much. Because you have these design systems team. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is, in my sandbox, this works perfectly. But you don't realize how yeah. it is. Yeah. Like, the look, the world. demo works on the single page that it's on. Right. Yeah. And so that's my number one advice is that make sure you build apps with your own design system as you create it. Yeah. Um... I would also say look at other frameworks. So some of these things that we've talked about have really great ideas because very smart people built them. They yeah. spent a lot of time and money <laughs> and effort building them. Um, so look at those and see what you like and what you don't. I think right now my ideal solution is yeah. very much a mix yeah. of all of these things. Right. And I haven't had a chance to implement it anywhere because, you know, like what I was working on in the past is created by a team. Yeah. Um, but at this point, I feel like when we talk about those classes versus the larger classes, I really like extend still. Yeah. I think that those make a lot of sense. And to me, that's object oriented. Yeah. Um, so creating very small base utilities, like um, how Tachyons has all those different classes. Right. I think those should be extended inside of your larger components. Right. So you have all that functionality and you can extend them, um, but just doing that in your CSS. And then I also feel like in the same vein, 
having utility classes that aren't visual styles like the weight but are the margins and the padding are very useful yeah so those could be extended but they could also be a class right and the way that you can do that in sas is you do dot your utility and then you do comma yeah and then a percentage sign your utility so you have both an invisible placeholder selector and a class name which you can use either way right you can also extend the class i guess yeah um so definitely starting small and growing big Separating utilities from right. your components. I think we've both kind of grown to that conclusion. Yeah. Uh, one thing I also like doing is making sure your, your base class um, is easily extensible, right? So if I need to, say, create a new variation of a button, for example, um, it shouldn't be a huge chore for me to say I need an orange button, I need a red button, and a blue button, for example. That's kind of three different like, a, a warning, a danger, and a primary, for example. Um, it should be easy for me to compose this UI together with my base button class. And so to making sure you create your CSS in a way that's scalable, more or less. Right. Uh, you can create one base and then many variations. Yep. Uh, and you gotta have your disabled state, right. gotta have your... Yeah. It's mostly primary, secondary, danger, success, warning. Yeah, so yeah. So button, button's an easy example. Another one we have is modals. So you want a tall modal, you want a small modal, right? Uh, we need to make sure that the base modal class is extensible enough that uh, you can do different things with the modals, uh, still within the mm -hmm. still within the system, but um, allow a few different variations for different use cases. Because you find, especially in big products, there's always these use cases you didn't think about because you're just a single person or single. And they're often not team. even edge cases. They're just yeah. something you didn't think about. You just didn't think about it. And when you have X amount of people working on it, oh yeah, there there are always these different cases. So making sure it's it's extensible enough to be extended, I guess, to these different cases. Yeah, and I guess my last piece of advice, if you're working on a team that is building a design system and or CSS framework, <laughs> <laughs> is um, definitely create a list of the components and utilities that you need. Um, utilities are sort of easy to look over. Right. Um, and keep that as your initial scope because scope creep on these projects is very much a reality. It's so real. Um, <laughs> so for, real. That's a reality in a very weird way. Um, so make sure that all the people who are sort of like signed off on this project yeah. understand the scope so you can get your um, your modules and components finished by the deadlines that you're yeah. setting. Uh, yeah, and so... It's probably going to take longer than you think. And, yes, it always takes longer than you think, and it's always important to do what she said, which is, which is plan out your architecture, right? Say, I want these components by this timeline, and maybe I want these components later on, they're kind of pie in the sky, but just be aware of where your library might head and have a vision for it so that um, it's changeable, but you have a direction to go to. Yep. And we are way over time. Okay, that was a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Yeah, hopefully uh, you enjoyed it. Yeah, and uh, we'll be back next week. Yes. With something awesome. That we haven't thought about yet, but we'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you. Bye. Bye.